I hate writing birthday cards for the reason that I uh-huh. have spent several pounds on this thing and you know I might make a mistake and so I write really slowly in cards because I can't Command yeah. Z, Control Z, I can't undo. Well, I, I'm left-handed, so on on a the smudge. Do you get yes, the smudge? Yes, I just I'm just smearing it across the page. That, so that's good. They're not designed. But that means that people paper. know it's you that signs. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Jake. Like, like a small child, I sign it with like a thumbprint or a handprint <laughs> at the end. <laughs> I, I find birthday cards really difficult because you you kind of well in any kind of card you want to say something original. No, uh, but it's it's no. like because if you just like Merry Christmas from Jake. It's it's like you know yeah. feels like I haven't really thought about it, but I've spent money on a card for um, one of our colleagues who went on um, maternity leave. There was a, a card went round for her, and uh, all I wrote in it was "Have a good baby." Because <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's something that she probably wants to do. That is you know, right. That's you've thought about that. Haven't if you? you're going to have a baby, it may as well be a good one because you're stuck with it for quite a long time afterwards. Absolutely. So, so, I, so I hear. I think the goal is to. To, to retain it for some time. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I do a pub quiz. Um, Hang on. When you say you do a pub quiz, does that mean oh. you take part or you run a yes, pub quiz? I, well, my participation in this is, is kind of what I want to talk about. Um, so it's, it's a pub quiz. It's in an old, uh, an old style pub. Like, there's no mobile signal there. It's in the middle of nowhere. Ah. Excellent. Um, well, that that's quite good because that avoids the whole the sort cheating. of cheating problem, right? Absolutely. Great. And it's and it's all pen and paper. It's not one of the smartphone style quizzes. And yes, and I, I am on a team, uh, but my job specifically is to write down the answers. So you're writing the answers, okay? So yes. you're a team scribe. Yes, and and that's not because I am good at writing. It's just to give me something to do. Oh, you're that you're that team member. Yeah. The, the pity, t- like, oh, we can't get rid of him. Oh, yeah. Are you, do you not do you not step in in the kind of science and technology so, s- rounds and? So I'll be honest. Like the first round is uh, general knowledge. No. Second round is uh, and general knowledge. I, I'm not. No. You're not generally I don't knowledgeable. Have general knowledge. Uh, the second round is music, but it's not music. I I like or listen to. Uh, so I'm. Is, you got. You know. They play that part of the song. You got to know the song title and artist. Yeah. The third round is the picture round, and there's there's occasionally some shots from movies, uh, movie posters, TV shows. I do. I'm quite good at. You're I can right. do that sort of stuff. The final round is uh, well, they call it music connections, but it's um, it, it's very audio based, but it's like lines from movies, TV theme tunes, and that I I can actually sort of come alive there. But in the, in the first couple of rounds, I'm. I am just there for the for the writing, but then very occasionally in the general knowledge round, there'll be a tech question, dun, dun, dun. and as soon as that happens, my my two teammates their heads slowly, they pivot right. Yes, and they're looking at me. It's your time to shine, and I get it wrong every time, almost every time. <laughs> and so, well, you laugh, but okay, I have on. I have the questions or three of the questions oh. here. Oh no! Um, oh good, right on a piece of paper, <laughs> and uh, and and so what's going to happen here is I'm going to ask them, and if you get them wrong, then I can go <laughs> to the team and say <laughs> it's okay. Look, I, I I feel, you know, I feel exonerated because no. you get it wrong. No. But if you get it right, then okay. I'm just. Oh, I'm please, I want to get these right. I so want to get these right. Okay, here we go. Okay, uh, question one. You've probably seen them in your inbox, but what does PDF stand for? Portable document format. 
Yeah, that's right. Yes! Gone! Oh, no! Yes! Oh, I'm feeling good. Okay. And you, you barely had to think about that. Yeah, so I know, right? Why I went... I went for postscript document files. Oh, you overthought this. You, yes. You, you were well and truly over-egged said custard. I know. Mm. And I was like, oh, I kind of... And this is the thing, I was angry because I was like, I kind of know how the format works. Yeah, it's postscript <laughs> inside, right? Exactly. Oh, dear. Right, okay, next question. And you'll notice there's a, a sort of theme. Um, you've probably seen them on the internet before, but what does JPEG stand for? Something photography expert group... Is it joint? Joint photography expert group? Joint photo- I would give you the answer for that as well. That's really annoying. It's joint photographic experts group. Yes, come on! Oh, I'm just... Two for two. Come on! I'm feeling good. I have you? got... I've, I mean, basically, at least getting two out of three now. Okay. Yeah, that's... I Sorry, mean, I'm you, really... You... I'm so both relieved, <laughs> smug... Well, I'm not relieved, am I? <laughs> no, <laughs> this, this is this is making this my is day. Horrible. So, well, I... Okay. Come on, then. Well, the J bit, I got really wrong i just i got it into my head that it was some sort of recursive acronym anyway we'll, we'll no, forget that's the j npm stands for npm stands for npm right, right. php and, right, right, yeah. right, right, right. and i knew it was photographic that bit i got right or photo or something with e i, I went for encoding mm. Mm. so no i just the m the experts group i remember from mpeg mm. because in yesteryear for whatever reason, I wanted to know what MPEG stood for. Well, I went for encoding there as well. Motion picture Yeah, but it's because group. it was in the experts group, and I thought, that's right. really odd. Why would you name a format after an experts group? It's like a like a tribute to the people who thought it up. It's just yeah. very, very peculiar. But then, obviously, we have Huffman encoding and things like that, which is named actually after the person who True. thought it up. So True. it's not unusual. Uh, okay, so uh, here's the final one. You have used it many times before, but what does Wi-Fi stand for? Oh, no. Ooh. Well, the Y, I think, is wireless. Hmm. But the Fibit. Yeah. Um, no, I just I just crapped out at this. Like, I, I, I wrote... <laughs> like the best of Wi-Fi. So. <laughs> well, I wrote, I wrote down wireless fiction, but knowing it was wrong. Wi- wireless fiction, I like I got, it. Well, I got, I got caught on sci-fi, you see. Yeah, no. Yeah. Uh, hang on, just give me a moment. All right. That's my holding You're playing holding music. Excellent, yeah. Oh, I want to say it's like... Your call is important to us. <laughs> oh, don't. If it was important to you, you would have put more people on to answer the phone. Um, I want to say... No, because fidelity wouldn't make sense. Uh, mm, maybe it doesn't stand for anything. Maybe it's just... Maybe it just is. Well, so... Okay, so here's the interesting thing. Like, the, the answer, um, as marked by the quiz, was wireless fidelity. Okay, um, but but I looked it up on Wikipedia. Okay, so I'm at least if I if I'd had to guess, I would have gone with wireless fidelity. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to award myself three out of three. Are you? <laughs> but since you've looked it up and you're establishing that it's not correct, which but doesn't like, sound. Oh, but correct. like you, I I I was like, I don't think it stands for anything. And that's on on Wikipedia says the Wi-Fi Alliance used the nonsense advertising slogan, the standard for wireless fidelity, for a short time after the brand name was created, leading to the misconception. <laughs> Uh, that Wi-Fi was an abbreviation of wireless fidelity. You, uh, you just sound hurt, if I'm honest. I'm really hurt. Yeah, mostly you're just like, I'm going to discredit the... Okay. That's what I think of the Good. quiz. Well, I mean, if you, I mean, talking quizzes, though, if if the question had been, let's see how you get on with with this question. Well, we know that I don't do well. <laughs> I know, but I, I, I was looking... Okay. I, it's come up recently about um, old-school DOM APIs. When I say come up recently, mm. as in some of the conversations. Tree Walker... Versus Node Iterator. 
Come on, what's the difference between them? Because if you look at the API signatures, they look really, really similar. Right, so, is it, okay, now, if you'd asked me this a month ago, I would have said, what are those? I've never heard of them before. Okay. Um, so so they, since you now know what they are, why don't you explain to anybody who is listening and thinking, what are those? Never heard of those before. Yeah, so they're, they're part of kind of old, like you say, old DOM APIs that have been around forever. DOM 2, um, apparently. Very, very sort of, yeah, back when everything was very Java-influenced. And they are for um, iterating over nodes. Now, let me now, see. Now, they both iterate over nodes. Mm. And one's called a node iterator, so it'd be disappointing if it didn't. So one will only... One is deep and one is not, if I'm right. That one, okay. one will... Um, one, you can say, sort of, get me all the text nodes within this node, and you've got them all, like, even, like... Um, yeah, it, okay. children. I'm going I'm to push you for an answer. Well, um, I, that's my... Oh, you want to know which is which? Which is which? Um, uh, no iterator is a flat one, tree walker is a deep one. Correct. Yes. <laughs> now you've, so you've redeemed it. Can, can I'm, I'm redeemed, yeah. <laughs> but you can actually filter on both. What The oh. only difference between tree walker and no iterator is the structure that you get back. Tree walker, you can walk up and down the tree and go to siblings and all the rest of it. Right. The no iterator just gives you a flat representation and just makes you kind of step one to the next to the next to the next to the next but you don't you lose the hierarchy information in node iterator oh hang on does that mean i'm wrong then? oh so no no you said node iterator gives you the flattened version which is correct it is a flattened version of the tree oh when it's interesting because they they did arrive at different times so you, if you find old forum threads and i mean like 2006 or mm. there thereabouts there's people kind of going well it seems to be in conqueror but not Safari. <laughs> wow. So it's, it is really quite an old set of APIs, and it's one of those dusty corners of the web. If they'd asked you that in the pub quiz, I, I feel like you could have got one out of four. But I don't you're more, think it's going to come up. No. <laughs> <laughs> but, that's, but that's the thing. If the question was like, um, yeah, how does cause work? Which I don't think is going to come up either. I, nobody knows the answer to that one, so they, <laughs> wouldn't, be able to, they wouldn't be able to check the answer. Uh, I... I will say that HTTP, what does HTTP stand for, actually came up and I did get that right. So oh, that's, that's good. <laughs> I get to keep my job, I think, uh, both within Google and as scribe on, <laughs> on the team. Uh, so what else has been happening? It, it seems like there's been, like since we last spoke, lots of lots of little things. Oh, okay. Lots right. of little things have, have, have come up. Um, such as? Give me a for instance. Um, well, let's talk a bit about what's been happening in, in other browsers. Uh, one thing in, in Firefox caught my... My eye, okay. My keen browser eye, um, it, and this is behind which a flag. Which, sorry, which one's it's, your browser eye? Is the left one? Oh uh, yeah, right it's the one I actually need glasses one. for. This is see because you're left dominant. I would have assumed your left eye would have been stronger, and your right eye would have been the weaker of the two. Why? Because that's normally how these things go. Oh, you tend to be dominant in one. Uh, as far as I understand it, you tend to be you know, like right-footed. Right-handed, and your right eye might be slightly stronger. Well, oh, I'm left. Oh, right, and I'm left-handed. And you're a lefty. You think. So I was just, oh, anyway. Oh. Carry on. Mm. So your 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 browser eye is your left one. My left eye. What do you do uh, with the right one then? Um, oh, that's is that used. for looking things up? Uh, yeah, that's that's for. Uh, it's just tracking everything walker, else. No iterator. <laughs> so that stuff. This one's actually what browsers are. One are eye on the specs, the other eye on the browser. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Got it. So for select elements, right? The drop-down selects. Yes. Uh, this feature that they've put behind the flag is that if uh, the select element has more than 40 items in it, uh, as in 
41. I don't know why I'm explaining that to you. Uh, thank you, though. <laughs> I'm glad that you did. For, 41. If 41. Uh, is more than 40. Uh, uh, is it? I, that never comes up in the quiz either. No, like, weird. If it did, can you name a number you'd have greater it. than 40? 41. <laughs> 41. I want to get really close to it. It feels like if that was a question, I'd be... That's a, it's a risky answer. You're going for the, the one really, just right yeah. on the boundary. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Do you... Ah, no. See, in our house, hmm. we often play the predict the answer thing where you're like how many like how many yes. minutes until such and such happens and i'll say like 10 minutes and my wife my wife plays the the, the mean game 11 minutes right because it's like i'm going to be so close that i'm going to give you no room to win oh, that's right i do that as well you you're that why wouldn't you do that I, because sometimes sometimes it's just not sporting <laughs> and then you're the kind of person that sort of says don't hate the player hate the game because it's not you know I'm just playing to the rules the rules are wrong if they let me be a complete tool but the other person's giving you the opportunity for a 50-50 chance so why wouldn't you take that <laughs> <laughs> winning at all costs yeah why not okay carry <laughs> on families. carry on so okay oh, yeah. so you've got you, you select it's got more than 40 items you can then search in it with, with the keyboard using letters like but why wouldn't you just offer that anyway? Right. Well, this is the thing. Why 40? Yes. I mean, I imagine this is uh, they're taking like a conservative approach and they this number will come down. Because I think the number should be uh, greater than 11. And the reason I say greater than 11 is because I am sick to death of filling in dates using select boxes. And if the number is 12, then <laughs> then now I can actually just type in May. You know, because that's the the month I'm entering, because it's asking for my birthday or something, uh-huh. and rather than kind of having to scroll down for it, and and I think this actually came out of a piece of, uh, or it could be coincidence, but of a piece of uh, GDS research. Okay. Uh, Alice Bartlett does a talk about this. Um, well, well, no, gave a talk about this a, a couple of years ago. Um, and it's a great talk. You should watch it. The actual user research she did um, isn't in any of the recordings, but it is something uh, she she gave. She did actually. Live. Oh, is this the one where the person is trying to use select boxes to actually enter their date of birth? Yes. And of the people they tested, very few people could really do it. Yes. Um, yeah. And that was a real eye-opener for me when I saw that. Because, you know, as somebody who's very savvy, very used to these things, it, mm. it was just... It was, and I know that's why she did it, to, to show that the things that many of us take for granted are just impossible for somebody and she shared the videos with with um uh mozilla and with us great uh, google so yep. it's actually it's nice to see that mozilla have done something with it mm-hmm. and i really hope we do too and yes i hope it's just for all selects maybe or like beyond uh, beyond 10 or items within or something I, I mean i'm sympathetic to the select as date picker because of date formatting being so different that if I'd Absolutely. say four slash five slash 2009, mm. did I mean April the 5th or did I mean the 4th of May? But you could sort that just by having, like, after the input, you could represent it in, like, words. You could. And, you and could. that would be your validation. But you, is, m- like, you could, but then somebody's going to look at those and go, no, I, I, I put in the 4th of May. I didn't put in the... I suppose you could if it's ambiguous uh, just to the degree of two possible dates, which it is if you're doing, like, is it American or is it sensible format? Then <laughs> totally the, sensible though, because the, the most sensible one is the ISO one with yes. the, like year, 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 dash, 
month month dash day day yes it's lexicographical yeah it's, it's just doesn't go wrong and the only i mean it'd be interesting to know i'm sure people will tell us on the twitters or whatever the only country i've ever known use it as its primary format is sweden and it may be that other countries do i thought japan did but i might be making maybe that up. quite may, quite possibly and i just wish everybody did mm. because it just completely solves all of these things anyway in terms of those select boxes a few people were saying like why, why shouldn't this be under the control of developers uh, but we do have data data list is it data list no and data list is when you've got data attribute on on a, an element i didn't think we could do maybe you can and attach it, a data list uh, yeah and, and you I, provide options and it does okay a, well, then yeah okay. and, and and so i don't think safari supports that one yet but I, I think it's really nice that Firefox are doing this fix that's going to fix the existing web. But we also have, to, as developers, have this route to do it. It seems like a nice progressive enhancement because you still get a select box otherwise. Absolutely. Which is, okay, we've established is less than perfect, but actually still better than, you know, it, how bad it could be. And if the UA supports, you know, a better input method, great, go for it. Absolutely. Be my guest. Absolutely. So an another thing my, my keen browser eye has spotted uh, is Safari 10.1 has gone into like beta or something is that tech preview is now um, no it's I, it's it's more than tech preview it's kind of it's the thing that they w are likely to release in March is that the gold do you remember when you used to get like a gold um, it was like the master it became it was like gold is like release candidate yes I remember that happening with Netscape I think didn't yeah, it yeah when, when something went gold I think that was the, 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 the term that it went from like you know it became that this is the master disc that they're going to like burn all the other CD-ROMs or DVD-ROMs from this one. Yes, metaphorically sometimes I imagine. And it, and it's our first signal of like, yeah, come March or whenever, um, like this is what might appear in Safari or is very likely to appear in Safari. And there's new features in there. Okay. So and that's kind of that's twice in a row now. So it seems. <laughs> yeah, you mean you mean to say that Safari has released more than. It, it just sounded like you were surprised that Safari came with new features. Well, well, no, it, it's, I kind of am because I, I sort of had the joke of saying, uh, well, I called it Safari Christmas because oh. every October or, or whatever we'd get Safari Christmas and we'd find out um, once a year whether we'd been good boys and girls. Like, are we going to get the feature that we've been wanting, waiting for all year? But you're saying but, that they've moved up the timeline, so they're now these are more regular. We've got seemingly. Safari Easter. Okay. As well as Safari Christmas, hey, that's so, good. And, and it is it's good because it was normally just like a bug fix release, but now we're getting features such as such as Fetch. Okay. Um, oh, interesting. Fetch API is there. Okay. Um, uh, which may maybe might be leading to some magical uh, areas of, who, of the who things. Who knows? We don't know. Uh, custom elements, obviously, the other. Uh, other so big the one point version, presumably. Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, slots and all that. The download attributes. Well. Um, we must. If they're doing customers, they must be doing. Uh, they're doing Shadow DOM as well, yes. right? With the slots-based yes. API. Okay. I believe it includes that as well. I think slots is a bit bizarre. Topic for another day. Yep. But all the same, it is a bit b bizarre to me. Anyway, download attribute. Wait, you I mean I mean anchor download equals yes. Blah. So you can have a thing that you click that rather than just visiting the URL. Does the download? Okay, which is stupid me. I thought that was just implemented everywhere. No, no. And this is like people. Sort of on SVG OMG is a place where I have a download button. Right. But on Safari, it just visits some source. Okay. Uh, you know, which is the best you can do, really. Yeah. But but not you know. Soon it's going to be all fixed. Hey. And CSS Grid. Ooh. So that means in March that's going to be across Firefox, Chrome, and uh, and Safari. That is exciting. Yeah. Um, but the one I I kind of wanted to hear from you on because it's all about sort of graphicsy performance stuff, which mm. I know you've done a lot before. I have. Macs have 
like the the high end Macs have two GPUs in, right? Correct. So they've got the the Intel one, mm-hmm. which is it's a pass. It's not passive. I can't remember what it's integrated. Integrated. Thank you. And then discrete as well, right? Exactly. And so the the, the other one is a heftier graphics card. Yes. Uses more battery, but is loads better. Yes, it's the one that spins up when they when you load a game. Typically, right? It's the yes. the, the meaty one. Well, so in Safari uh, currently and in Chrome, WebGL will will trigger the the, the discrete card, the beefy one. Yes. Um, next version of Safari won't do that. Right. So all of the benchmarks for WebGL on high end MacBooks are going to tank. And their reason for this, which I think is, is a pretty sensible reason, is like that they've seen a lot of ads start to use WebGL, and it's causing you know MacBooks to ramp up onto the battery hungry GPU. Okay. Uh, and, and off they go. And then, and how, how do you how do you feel about that, Paul? I think <laughs> well, I think they're making a good call for the user. Mm. Uh, Unless not- the user's wanting to play a game, right? If it's a WebGL game, but I I think that I heard that it was going to become an option that oh. the developer could say which, whether they wanted high power, low power, or don't care. Well, the, the stuff I read is suggesting it's going to be more heuristic than that. No, I think, they, sorry, initially, they're go- well, if you do don't care, mm. then that would be heuristic. So I think, yes, they're gonna, it seems like they're going to ship this anyway, right, from what you're telling me. Mm-hmm. And I think that makes sense for the stuff they're citing, like ads, if they're, you know, and other third-party content. People don't necessarily want their heavier GPU booted up. That makes sense. Yeah. But it doesn't give an escape hatch for the developer to kind of go, actually, I've got a for reals reason over here. The, but, but the what, developer, the ads developer. But, uh, that that right. brings the problem back to square one, right? Is that somebody mm. could just go, yeah, I just want the high power GPU. Why wouldn't time. you? It's faster, well, yeah, it's, it's better, more fun. it's smoother. Yeah, yay. yeah. So I, I think they're, they're going to look at heuristics for this. And I don't know. I I want Chrome to do it. I don't, I don't want... I wouldn't want Chrome to ship without the heuristic. But I think it's going to be really interesting to find out what that is because it's yeah. I don't want ad, ads, you know, chomping up all the battery life. Yeah. But I want games to continue to work as yeah. well. It'd be competitive with nature. The heuristics always make me a bit nervy. I mean, I see why they exist, but uh, what if it makes the wrong decision? What? Mm. Maybe it's a power user thing where you actually want to step in and go, no, 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 no. I want. I, yeah, you can use the. Mm, the higher power option here. Mm. If you got a bunch of a bunch of content on the page that's not the reason, you know, I'm there, right? Then yeah, by all means, stick to the lower power one. But again, you don't want a prompt going, "Hey, by the way, I could make this um, faster at the cost of battery life. Would you like me to do that?" Well, a way of doing it would, be, I mean, I guess if you're if you're on if you're plugged into power using. It's fine to use the the higher power GPU a bit more. Um, maybe, yeah. maybe. Mm. I, it's it's. Mm. I, I don't know. I, I can see all sides of that one, and I just I don't know that there's a good answer that's going to make mm. absolutely everybody happy. Uh, absolutely. Well, that's heuristics, isn't it? It's like you know, step mostly one, right. Step one, pick what you think is right. Step two, wrong. <laughs> so <laughs> someone's going to be angry about it. <laughs> yes. Um, we we had a we've got a listener question. Ooh. It's right. exciting. It's exciting. That means somebody's listening to this podcast. So, well, so this this question comes from uh, Sarah Drasner. Oh yes, uh, yes, yes, fan of her work. Um, and and this is her this is her question. Uh, For the most part, people animating on the web can use transforms and opacity to reduce layouts, repaint triggers, and all of that. 
but animating height is one of the most common use cases I've encountered where a transform doesn't quite work or the hacks are precariously balanced. Uh, is there any possible way to improve this? Now, I, I should point out that I have used some alternative facts in that. In that, I don't know if Sarah Drasner is a listener, and this is not a listener question. I just got it from Twitter. I just, just she asked that on Twitter. You set me up, and then you 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 pull me down because you made it sound like we had a listener. Well, it does make us sound quite legitimate, doesn't it? It does. A listener question. Maybe we'll get actual listener questions in future. That's like, that would we'll, be wow. We'll just, we'll just pretend this time. And okay. It makes, makes us sound professional. Um, so, so, do you have an answer for uh, for our listener <coughs> in inverted commas question? I have started a new developer diary about making a media app, and in that media app, I'm doing a hero transition uh, from like a, a from a, a list from view Clark Kent to Superman. If only I'm making right. a, a jump from a list view to a details view, and if you imagine a thumbnail image is going to kind of grow and take right. over the screen and not become the big album art and then content sort of slides out. So that is presumably involving changing size of an element. It is. Uh, it's, it involves a bunch of stuff because you're kind of going from one view to the next view and two different views will probably have two different heights. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess what Sarah's talking about is possibly an expand and collapse. They're all part of the same problem, uh, which is that we don't have a way of animating things conveniently like like she's pointing out you can use transforms and a lot of the work that i've done has been to say hey you can use transforms to do this mm. what i tend not to actually go into is it's going to be pretty tough going if the animation you're doing has any version of complexity uh you and i are going to be at BlinkCon next week right yes we are and i made a slide deck sort of in anger I don't mm. normally do these things in anger I normally just try and sit off it and try and chill out but I was doing this hero transition and I just found that I was just doing so many bizarre things to make what seems to be a fairly normal thing on most other app platforms today mm -hmm. I was having to make these bizarre twists and turns of use back face visibility here mm. um, make proxy elements there Read, you know, make sure you don't interleave your reading and your writing. Uh, you know, things with will change where fixed position children get bizarre. Or double raf. We'll talk about double raf in but a moment. Yes. Um, all of these things actually add up to a very bizarre situation where you go, the cognitive load, the challenge of making a transition from one view to another view whether that's expanding something so you can see more inside, if you consider mm -hmm. that like a secondary view state, or going from a, a list view to a details view, it's just really hard. So, that, so that's having a think about the, the the problems. Like, there's because there are different kinds of animations that are to do with changing size. Like, if if you it's like an accordion sort of thing. Yep. The problem you've got there is like every frame, it's changing layout on the page, right? Because it's pushing everything beneath it down. You can uh, so you can solve those ones by. Uh, using transforms and having a container element and sliding things in, in and out, as so long as you know the height of the thing. So, mm. Surma and I, last year, we built an accordion uh, as part of Supercharged, and we showed that you can do it with just transforms. So that assumes that the, the, the a parent element is going to stay statically sized. Is that correct? Is that right? yeah. okay. So if you're going from a closed accordion to an open one, you're in trouble again, right? No, some, again, you can, you can do it by... Uh, making the transforms dynamically because what you can do is you can say well what how big is everything at the start when mm -hmm. everything's collapsed 
and then you toggle your classes so that whichever one is expanded, the space. yeah, is expanded, and you reserve the space, and then you transform everything backwards so that it looks like it's still collapsed, mm. and then you switch on all your animations and slide it out. So, so this is so I guess yeah, if you're to to avoid impacting everything on the page, that is that is a, a technique. Is like yeah, you. you reserve the space that you need and then you just do the transforming within right. that so there's still going to be a bit of a snap at the start but everything will be nice and smooth. yeah but even if there's a snap you can you know how much you snapped by mm. so you can you can even push the content that's moving out of the way you can move that back up composite by everything everything yeah. that's going to move yeah. afterwards and just sort um, of slide that back up and so you can mm. sort of you do sleight of hand so you have this this handover moment where you go from the collapsed version to Actually, everything's expanded. Shh, don't tell anybody. And but that's when you make your measurements and everything. Yeah, and then you, you make all your measurements, and then you go, right, where did everybody move from and to? Right, let me just reverse all that. And mm. you do all that inside a single frame. Now, it might be a long-running frame, depending on how big the DOM is and how much you have to change and how many things need to be put onto their own layer. But that's what you do. You do this sleight-of-hand moment where, uh, during dev, it's, it's kind of a weird moment when you know it's worked because you click on your button or whatever it is, and nothing changes, right? Right. But actually, everything has changed. It's in its final position. You just have like the elements panel open. You see everything like with new classes, and then like a transform uh, style attribute appears, like dunk. And so, you're like, so on that yeah. click, we've actually there's actually been two uh, layouts, right? There's been one to uh, you know see what the final state will be, so you know the kind of height of everything. Yep. And then there's another one to get everything looking like it's in the original so state. So close. The When you read the starting position, hopefully you do that at the start of a frame so the previous frame's layout information is available so that doesn't trigger mm. layout. Then you then when you do the... Let, then you move everything to the end and you ask it again. That's the point at which you definitely trigger a layout. layout yeah. But applying the transforms is a composite-only operation. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, but you might trigger a paint in the middle as well when you if you've got when you're transforming those things back. Mm -hmm. If you put them onto their own compositor layer, you're going to paint them at that point because you make a new layer and they have to be painted into that layer. That makes sense. This, by the way, is is a perfect example of of why this stuff is so horrible because we do this day in day out, and it's we all we're talking about is. I want to slide something down, and so, it's it's that's just one aspect of what you're about to to deal with. So that's that's one of the things I was trying to I was trying to think of what is a what is a fix that we can do that can get closer to um, well can make it a little bit better. It doesn't solve the whole thing, but as part of the, the hero transition thing and also part of this accordion, there's the there's the idea of taking a something and revealing more of it. Right, and I've done that in the past by having an element with um well this is going to be fun on a podcast uh, well, yeah, where people true, can't actually. see your hand hands your, your hands where you oh. kind of go i've got content like here another content like here yeah so it, it there's there's, <laughs> there's a, an outer element see? overflow hidden an inner element yes let me i can't actually even say it without using my hands so just ignore them okay i'm gonna i'm gonna I'll, I'll, do you know what i'll, do? Close, I'll close my eyes. i'll close my eyes and see if it makes oh, sense yeah. okay okay um okay outer element overflow hidden okay uh composited inner element not overflow hidden composited okay um and then what you do is you move the inside element kind of around the overflow hidden one right? around it what do you mean around well, it? well it kind of depends on which part you're revealing so if i'm going to reveal the elements from uh the inner element from top to bottom uh -huh. then the the inner element has uh, a transform um y of 100 percent. okay so it's now completely outside of the bounds of the parents not rendering at all uh-huh and it animates to zero percent so okay. it's kind of sliding upwards. Yep. But then you do a K 
counter transform on the outer element. Right. Uh, so it, it it kind of keeps the top of the inner element in the same place. Oh. So it looks like it sort of reveals from top to bottom. I see. I see. Did, did that make sense? It just about. Just about. It's not dissimilar to um, a kind of a reveal where something goes like uh, like a clip reveal. So you could do because that from the top corner or the bottom corner in you a can similar way. Yeah, you can do that. Or what you can do is you can scale the outer element from, say, let's say you're going from 100 pixels square to 1,000 pixels square. Mm -hmm. And so you that's like a, a 10 times transform. So you go from, like, say it's actually 1,000 by 1,000, and you've scaled it to 0.1. Mm. Okay, so it goes from 0.1 back up to 1. So you get your scale from 100 pixels up to 1,000 pixels. Mm -hmm. Now, your content inside of that's going to scale with it, right? Yep. Which is bad, because then your content looks squishy tiny, text. tiny, yep. teeny, tiny, and then really full-size. Bad flash animation But what style. you can do is you can apply an, the inverse transform. Great. So it's 1 over a tenth, which is uh, 10. So scale 10, the content will be scale 10 down to scale 1. Mm -hmm. So your outer content goes from 0 0.1 to 1, and your inside one goes from 10 down to 1. The net result is that at every point in the animation, one cancels out the other, the outer, your outer element basically gets bigger, but your content stays the same. Do you need size? to use a, a sort of symmetrical easing then to make that work? That's where it gets really, really horrible because calculating the inverse of something that's eased is really, 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 really hard. Yeah. And to the degree where you're better actually animating it with JavaScript. Oh, great. Or baking keyframed animations offline as part of, say, a build, or even with JavaScript. So you can, so you know how in with JavaScript-based animation, like say you're using I don't know, green silk, or even just mm -hmm. doing straightforward RAF animation, and on every frame you kind of go right um, now minus the start of the animation divided by the duration. That gives me a value between zero and one. So I know roughly what you know. I know exactly where I am in this animation: zero at the start, one at the end, and then you remap that with an easing curve. So instead of going linearly from zero to one. You remap to something like a, a curved thing to yep. get your ease in or your ease out. Right. Yep. So you've you've remapped that. What you what you then do is you kind of go, for example, what's my scale value here? And you're going to plug it in to your and, you can, and, then and that's you, when you, you invert you, it. You invert it and apply it to the child. But right. that that makes you JavaScript bound. Yes. Because your alternative is you genuinely step sidestep and create a big string with all your keyframes in it. Oh. And what, then per frame, like, yeah, for every single frame in your animation. Oh my word! And then you splat that into the document. You'll get, you'll take a recalc styles hit yes. when you inject that style sheet. And, but then you do that, and then you apply that animation upside. Your animation will be correct, and it will also be handled by the compositor because it's a CSS animation yes. on something with its own layer. Downside is. That's an abomination. Yes, it is. <laughs> but again, and this is why I made this slide deck to take to BlinkCon with me because. Web animations could have been a thing here, mm -hmm. um, but they're not very broadly supported. Yeah, making keyframed animations like that is—I mean, who's who's got the time to do that? Nobody using yeah. JavaScript for animation. Yeah, actually, I can see why a lot of people do, but we know that if the main thread is busy, you're not going to hit every frame. You've got to be very, very careful about that. Absolutely. But there's just no good way. And even if you could do all of those things, you're still in a situation where it's—you've done a lot of thinking to just animate one little thing from there to somewhere else. And it feels like, I, I know when you stood up at Chrome Dev Summit, you talked about nav transitions. Mm. Because there's a lot of things I think we take for granted when you just have a full page refresh about um, loading in like what view is currently visible, like what JavaScript does it need, what styles does it need. Because 
the other thing about all this, let's say you're doing a hero transition, what do you do with the the loading and the unloading of your styles, your JavaScript, yeah. your all the data that's involved? Do you you have to end up doing like a front and back buffer kind of thing where you keep the old view around just in case you need to kind of go back to it? And you've got loads of state bugs that are that yeah. can happen. I, Memory leaks are living longer. Yeah, yeah, and all these things are they're just a, a, a heavy load to be carrying for what we're trying to do is hey we're trying to make apps and apps do these these neat transitions between pages and we want to be able to do the same so this is my big question that i'm kind of facing at the moment is like yes i can work around all these things no i don't want to no i don't think anybody else wants to it's not the fault of like oh this api was bad it's that the the combination of all these different factors adds up to something where people like sarah are looking at it going yeah i can but i don't want it's, it's really precarious and it's really it really brittle. And, and I, I think your description of the whole sort of inverting the easing stuff is like, no, no, no one should have to do that. Nobody wants to do that. Mm. Nobody is probably going to do that. I mean, there will be somebody. And it's libraryifiable, I would say that. But it's still, should that library exist? I think it's something that the platform really should, we should be looking at. So so I think navigation transitions is kind of, that, that is, a, is a huge thing that could solve the navigation case. But I was trying to think of like a smaller thing that could solve just this case. And I was thinking that we've got a clip path now. We do. Right, we've got we've clip done right. Yep. You know, can we can we punt that to the GPU? Like maybe even if it's like if the animation is rectangle to rectangle, like can that just be composited? I, I it must be right. I had a th I had a theory that it it could be. Well, if you can do it with two elements and an overflow hidden, then surely you can do it with one element. Right, and that's that's uh, that's where it may just be that it's one of these code paths that nobody's ever gone into mm. to try and make it GPU accelerated. If there's not been a, a, a big call for people to do it, if it's not used a lot in actual sites, then it might just be that it's one of those things. But I had a theory because there's a, a thing in OpenGL called a scissor test. And a mm. scissor test is, is clipping effectively because you give it an X and a Y and a width and a height, if I remember correctly. And that sounds very much like a clip to me, a rectangular a clip. rectangular clip, yeah. So if you've got something that's qualified for its own compositor layer, Mm -hmm. then it will have its own texture. Well, actually, have multiple textures. But let's say, for simplicity, it has its own texture. It's on, on the, the GPU. It's on the GPU yeah. as a texture. Mm. Okay. And so when you've got that, that means you're drawing a quad on the GPU, two triangles, another quad yep. for that thing. And you could scissor test that quad. Yes. Which should allow you to clip that quad. Right. Which means that then you should be able to animate said clip performantly, as in, give, well, I say performantly, just give it to the GPU. The yeah. GPU is probably going to do it faster. So it's all happening on the on the compositor thread. Right. It's not going to you know, be right. blocked on, on main thread yeah. stuff. But I've got to say, I, it's not an area of Chrome that I've like spent that much time with, uh, other than to know that I'm, well, I'm pretty confident we don't do a scissor test for it today, mm. and it felt like something that we could do. I don't think it's done on... I think it's done in the compositor rather than, say, in Skier... I think it happens later in the pipeline, but I, I don't know for sure. So that's something for us to pitch, right, to, to the, the GPU team is like, with your slide deck saying, here's how bad all the, the hero transition stuff is, but we can, you know, so what can we do to fix that? But also one of the things that we could use. A, a teeny tiny thing. Yeah. Just, would be just, just a little bit nicer. Let, let us reveal an element without, without doing Yeah, that would be nice. It. That would answer certainly Sarah's yeah. question. Right, what, what else have I been looking at? So I've got, got a set of notes here, trying to, <laughs> uh, which I, uh, you know, I, I thinking of the planet, I printed two-sided, uh, but it means that recording a podcast 
It's noisy. I know, and I could have just had them both in front of me, but never mind. We'll we'll live with that. Ah, okay. So we had a meeting, uh, a cross browser meeting about about fetch cancellation and observing. Now, mm. I understand the situation to be somewhat fraud. I believe this actually came up in our last mm. podcast about how we've 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 bumped into a number of issues. I say we, you, because I won't go in for any of this nonsense because uh, it takes a certain kind of. Uh, I think bravery, and sub- oh. stubbornness, and a real, a real—it's a very commendable, noble thing to do with standards. And I don't have the requisite personality for it. I think I would just—I'd snap. Anyway, so there we are. Fetch, as I understand it, the cancelable fetch and promises stuff has generally been turbulent. Yeah. Well, I, I think on any given GitHub issue, the size of the scroll bar is inversely proportional to how much fun you're going to have on that particular page. <laughs> and the scroll bar... Archibald's law. Yeah. The scroll bar for the fetch issue was almost invisible. Okay. To the point where I ended up closing that issue and, and creating a new one. Like, just because things had changed enough to say, okay. right, we, you know, if we want people to actually contribute, we need to kind of just start again. Well, not start again, but, like, have one post saying... Here's all the stuff that's still valid from the other issue. Right, so now you sort of compressed it down, you flattened mm. it down to, here's the Reader's Digest version of the current state of things. Let's go again. Yes. Okay, and how did that work out for you? Hey, it's actually going okay. What? Uh, I know, It's it's we're starting to get consensus. Steady on. Uh, I did, I posted on Twitter saying, um, there, uh, we're building consensus here, and one or two people um, who I might, I would describe as some, some <clears throat> usual people who are, who do this quite a lot, saw like the words building consensus and went, well, this will not do at all and have kind of descended on the thread again. But I think I think the consensus is still there. Okay. So what are we what are we to expect? I'm doing a fetch. Well, what now? Well cancelable promises are gone, right? They they went they went through TC thirty nine for a bit and they were rejected and withdrawn. And okay. that's why it kind of fell down to the fetch group again to go, well we're gonna find our own way. Uh, and it seems very likely that, you know, it a cancellation will result in a promise being rejected with a particular kind of error that you can detect. Okay. So you'll know that this is a, this is a yes, but but how do I cancel a fetch, Jake? Yes, yes. Okay. Um, so we looked at just adding methods onto the promise, um, but uh, people people were very angry about that. So particular people were very angry. Uh, other people were very strongly wanting that. Uh, this has been part of the problem. We, we've we've decided that um, whatever we do here. Some people aren't getting their way. Some people are going to be upset about it. Okay. Uh, but if we continue to do nothing, then everyone's upset. So once we ship whatever we ship, um, you know, what I'm, what I'm going to have to say to everyone is like, if you're one of the people who didn't get your way and you're upset because of this, then thank you for taking one for the team. Okay. Because someone's got it. So, right? so how do I cancel <laughs> a fetch, Jake? So. Because that sounded like damage <laughs> limitation. Okay, so it um, fetches two arguments. There's the URL and then there's the options. Yes. But one of the, in that options thing, you're going to be able to provide a function, uh, which is called straight away, and it gives you a controller object. Okay. And that controller object is going to let you control the in-progress fetch. So that's and that includes cancelling. It includes things like changing the priority. Oh, like, interesting. Is that is that any features. is that an enumeration? The priority. I mean, do, is it like a zero, one, two? Is that how? I do not know. Okay, interesting. Uh, it, it will be whatever. So we either provide what HTTP two provides, um, which I believe is a number. Okay. If I'm guessing, lower is um, higher priority, presumably. <sighs> I have no idea. 
But I know what the the HCBC people were discussing for a long time was instead of having priority as a number, they would sorry, have. Sorry, you, you've been on this this conversation, right? I mean, you're coming up with these ideas. How do you not know how to change them? Well, what what is this? This is <laughs> being attacked here. It's like the GitHub thread all over again. Oh, I know. I just didn't resist. This is, this is, this I'm actually really supportive. This is not Twitter. <laughs> no. Like, so the, the the reason I don't know is like the so the actual API of this controller object we haven't okay. fully designed. But there is a controller. Know. I can cancel that yes. fetch from there. That will cause the promise to reject. I get so, an error where I kind of go, oh, it's cancelled as I expected. And we'll either map the priority to uh, directly to the HTTP two stuff, or we come up with some something like you say, I. This is higher priority than these things, but lower than these, and the number is worked out automatically. Okay, okay. I suspect we'll probably go for the lower level solution. Yeah. So you've got your controller. Okay. And there you go. Seems good. Um, and there's also the concept of having an observer, um, ah. which is not not like observables. So we, we might have to be careful with the naming there to, to not, you know, yep. not trip things up. And that's where you'll get to hear about things to do with the fetch, such as uh, progress. Uh, so upload progress, download progress. Interesting. Um, but also changes in priority and, like, did it finish successfully or did it abort? So the idea is you'll be able to hand, like, um, the observable part to someone along with the promise so they can observe it, um, but they cannot change it. Yes. That's Unless actually good for me because the, the app that I'm working on, uh, I will need some version of a progress bar Mm. While I'm while I'm fetching some stuff because it's kind of mid sized, which XHR gives you, but it's a little bit high level. We we want to we want to be a bit clearer about because the only way progress can work is if the response tells you how big it is. Yeah. Um, so I, I think we'll kind of be clearer for things that are indeterminate, like and things have the bytes received rather than the total bytes, right? Right. Yes. I mean, I mean, it could just be that the total bytes is minus one or something. Or yeah. Um, uh, and also, you would need to be prepared for it to go over that amount or under that amount because that's yeah, that's that's that life. Is, that is a possibility. Um, and yeah, and, and in the service work, you'll get one of these observable parts as well, and that's how you know, like, because you're creating your own fetches in a service worker. Uh, if the if the page tries to change the priority of the request, you'll want to be able to pass that on to the requests that you're making inside the service worker. Yes, and we want. Uh, so we, we we're going to look at making it easy so that um, you can take one observable and control multiple fetches in the same way. Okay, so if you if I have one fetch that ir- originates in my page, but it actually results in from a service worker like three or four yes thingies fetches, then if, I yeah. can just tie. Somehow, so that'll mean, say, for example, on the page side, if I've got one of my controllers there mm-hmm. f- on the page side, and I I give the user say come up, some kind of UI control that's like make this a high priority, I'd like for whatever reason, or, me, or abort. I mean, or abort it's it. probably more likely. It, okay, so it, ping, that goes down through this this observable sort of moment where I have something with these other sort of sub fetches, if you like, that are happening on the service worker side. They yep. all go, oh, that one got cancelled. I'm going to cancel me too. Cancel all of those, yeah. And, and, or you might choose to only cancel two of them because the third one, for some reason, you don't want to. It, you know, it would be low level, level enough for you to make that kind of decision. Okay, grand. So when's that shipping? <sighs> yeah, we just have to design it now. We do have proposals, so it is just kind of going through the sort of design work of that. But it feels like the, the least, well, the most contentious part is behind us. Which is really, really happy about. Yeah, I mean, it has <laughs> so. been a lot. How long has it been? Oh, it's been like two years. Yeah, yeah so I, it's a long time. See, this is what I was saying. I don't have. I don't think I've got the personality to run that kind of gauntlet. Well, this is why. Uh, so that there are not 
a lot of DOM-specific things in Fetch right now, but when it comes to the observable, we're probably going to go with Ad Event Listener. A more future-looking design would be to use actual observables, which are on their way through TC39 now, but we've not had a lot of joy with TC39 on Fetch so far, and, okay. and I don't think we can afford to wait another two years to, to have a solution here, so okay. um, we're, we're kind of, yeah, we're going to do our own thing there. Super! Woo! Bye! Bye!